Welcome to Moment and Talk. I'm your host, Shiso Moi. On episode 18, we have Calvin from Dick Dem Dose. You probably see him mainly on Facebook and YouTube. But guess what? He just launched a website. You can check him out at www.dickdumdose.com. Today's episode, we chat about how he came about and why he was so curious to learn a lot of these proverbs. He does such a great job explaining the proverbs. I'm just learning as we were listening to this episode. I've seen a lot of the YouTube videos he made. And even better, we officially met this weekend during St. Paul New Year. And he's a great guy. Well, I'm excited for this episode. But first, let's thank our sponsors and let's get right back into it. Today's sponsor is brought to you by She Sells Menswear. Are you looking for the latest trendy men's fashion? Look no further. She Sells Menswear carries handcrafted bow ties, ties, suit accessories, and everyday streetwear. They are your one-stop, mall-inspired men's shop. You can search them online at www.xixomenswear.com. Now let's get back to the show. I am super excited today. Um, listeners, we have a gentleman. You probably heard and may see him quite often on Facebook and on YouTube. This proverbs that he gives out is just so much understanding. If you don't know who this gentleman is, it's Calvin Adikdamdos. And he's on the other side of the line. What's going on, man? How's your day? Not too bad, man. Just getting the day started here. Bright and early. It's bright and early. It is Monday, and we are just getting started um, with our day two. Um, let's tell us, the audience and the listener, something that we don't know about you. Yeah. Um, so I guess a lot of confusion that people get is that I, I guess right now, in the context of the listeners and the followers, they think that I live in California. So I guess I want to make that clear that I actually live in Minnesota. For a lot of people who are always asking, hey, so are you in California? The answer is no. I'm actually here in Minnesota. Why do they ask that? Do they want to meet up or something? I don't know. I, you know, I was kind of confused because I haven't, I haven't really solved like or ha- had the right answer as to why people are thinking that. I don't know if it's because I'm originally from California and I, I guess my profile indicates something that I used to live in California or something, but people are always like, what? When they see me in person, they're like, you live here? I'm like, yeah, I do live here in Minnesota. So I guess something that people don't know is I guess I live in Minnesota and in California. Um, heck, I'd be surprised. I, I've, I don't th- have I run into you before? I don't know. Maybe at, at gatherings? I might have uh, from far away. I think I did see you a while back, but I didn't have the chance to say hello from another side, you know? Yeah. Uh, you know, some people might be fangirling if they see you. Like, oh, that's Kevin, <laughs> you know? The little fangirl in me, like, oh, that's Kevin, you know? Teach me something. Teach me something. So, when, uh, <laughs> dig, dig, dig back. You have, you, have, you have kids, right? I do. I got four little ones. Four little ones and married for a couple of years now? Uh, my wife and I, we've been married since 2007, so we're going on 12 and counting. Oh, man, that's amazing, dude. Yeah, it's been a um, long How you came about that. Could you give us the backstory of how that came about and, you know, where'd you get, get it from? Yeah, so I guess growing up, um, these are languages and these are proverbs and sayings that I've always heard um, as a kid. And it never really occurred to me that these um, sayings have, you know, deeper meanings and, and different types of implications. 
And I guess for me, it didn't occur to me until I was in school in my doctoral program, actually, we were talking about therapy. Um, well, first of all, I'm a psychologist in training. And so we were in therapy uh, class. And we were talking about how we can integrate cultural um, considerations into the therapy room. And one of the things that I talked about was how the use of interpreters um, is very important. And then also the competency of the interpreter is also very important in terms of translating. And so for a person to translate what a Hmong person is saying, they can translate what, um, and convey their messages according to what they're saying. So they can do like a literal translation or they can take the proverb and translate that based on its meaning. And so I was thinking about the interpreter standpoint, like if they were just translating exactly what the person is saying, they're not really getting the message because it's a literal translation. And so that would fall into the crack and then there would be no understanding between the therapist and also the client. So I thought about to myself, wow, this is something that I also have to learn for myself so that if I'm ever engaging in any type of therapy in the room and seated across from me is an older gentleman or older woman among women who is using these proverbs. And if I'm not understanding that, then I'm not really understanding what they're saying. And I might take their literal translation and I might just completely miss the point. And so I thought about what about like our generations right now, our generation where we're starting to slowly lose the language and some of us don't even understand these proverbs anymore. And perhaps that could be a reason why there's a lot of miscommunication with our parents and a lot of conflicts that come about. And so I thought, why don't I just make a, a video about this? Because I've learned one that's important to me. And I'll start off with this one and then I'll continually, um, you know, make more videos about these things. So then after class, I went straight to my car. I sat in my car and I had my phone with me. So I took on my phone. I hit record and I started talking in my car. I just shared the first proverb and that was, you take a step and you can take a step back. But if you misspeak, you cannot retrieve those words back. And so I shared that one. That was my very first video. And shortly after that, my brother was like, hey, you got to make this public so that we can share it. And so I made it public and he shared it. And then everybody else started sharing it. And that was the birth of the Dictum Dose page. Um, I don't. I don't think it really occurred to me how important it was until like maybe the second or third video because I thought it was a fluke the first time and I make a second video same thing it, it took off again third time took off again and so that really spoke to me that this is something important something valuable that a lot of people are also wanting to understand more wanting to know more about this because these words these sayings is a very strong cultural um, identity for a lot of us I didn't catch on to a lot of the recent one and I caught on to it because in the proverbs and I personally don't understand them at all. Mm -hmm. Heck, I can't even speak it. How could I understand it? Right. Yeah. You know, I could talk simple mo, you know, uh, and I could speak it. I could hear what you're saying, but I just don't understand any of these old school saying at all. But with your guidance and help, I sure, would learn a lot and, and i'm pretty sure a lot of your listeners are learning as well as you're making more and more video and i'm pretty sure everyone really appreciate it, including myself yeah thank you i'm assuming with that uh first two three video your phone would just just lit it with notifications just, 
thinking like, wait a minute, this is not a fluke. I mean, this is probably needed. Am I right? Yeah. Yeah. So, um, you know, like I mentioned, as soon as I switched to the public, I was driving home and my phone was just blowing up in my pocket. I'm like, what the heck is going on? What is, is this an emergency? And so I'm like, all right, maybe it's just, you know, my family, because we have a group text and I'm like, maybe it's just people texting back and forth and I'm driving home. And as I'm driving, it just keeps going off and all these notifications going off my phone. And so I get home and I take my phone out to see what's going on. And I check my phone and lo and behold, like Facebook has been just blowing up all the notifications, the comments that were coming in, they were just coming and pouring. And I was just kind of confused. Like, what is this? That was my first experience with anything like that. And I had no idea what was happening. What were some of the comments you got in there? Um, people were saying, hey, this is what we're talking about. Or some people would say things like, oh, man, thank you so much for clarifying this. I've, I've been meaning to learn more about this. You know, the reactions that come in. Um, some people might even ask questions about like, hey, so how do you apply this? You know, and, and what does this mean in this particular context? Um, and then people were just tagging other people too. Like, Hey, you know, remember, uh, a grandpa used to say this, this is what it means. You know? So a lot of people were like, uh, they're relating to it. They're they're They were seeing, um, that this is something that they've also experienced before, but they never really understood what it meant. Um, I wanted to also say that with a lot of your proverbs, did you get that from your, your uncle, your daddy, your, your, your grandpa? Where'd you start learning all this stuff from? Yeah, most of it, I would say, have been uh, from my parents. I think both my parents equally, each time there's a moment that they're able to, in any, any teachable moment, they would use it. And so, um, you know, my mom would just catch me on the side sometimes, like something would happen and uh, some event occurred. She'll catch me, she'll say, hey, uh, come here, let me tell you something. Uh, she'll say, you know, see what just happened there. My dad used to teach me this. He used to say this. And so like that proverb that I just shared, somebody might say something wrong and she'll say, my grandpa used to teach me this, that you should be very careful by the words that you use because those words, they have um, consequences either for you or they uh, have consequences and they may hurt other people too in the event that you use those words. And so, so she'll say things like that to me and I'll go like, yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, I, I hear you. But not really understanding what it meant. You know, I'll just hear it and then I'll go on with my day and that was it. So moments like that, they'll use that. My dad would also pull me aside, he'll say things. Or even like during family meetings, my dad will say those things and I'm just like, okay, I don't get it, but let's continue on. You know, not do, really understanding it. Do you, you know, I, I, I honestly feel like when someone says, a, a proverb like that it's like it's like a riddle to me yeah it really you is know? yeah it's like like a, i can't even <laughs> i can't understand the old saying you want me to figure this riddle out like i don't i don't get it just just spit it out you know and just just say it what yeah. it means you know <laughs> exactly that's, that's basically what it is i mean it's it's almost like a like a riddle and unless you really are immersed in it and have a great understanding and some of the contextual factors behind it, you'll, you won't, you won't get it. Uh, to me, it sounds, I'd say it's like a riddle. It could be using good and bad too. Uh, I don't, but I feel like it's more of a bad of a riddle <laughs> because it's kind of like, uh, uh, what's, what's, uh, I guess maybe a hypocrite riddle. 
or uh-huh. in that kind of nature. That's how I feel when they mm. give they. It's like you know, it's 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 just that wording, the way they say it. It's just like a riddle for me to figure out, and that riddle is it's for me to think about. Yeah, yeah. You know, but I, and I don't get it, so it's like <laughs> so I just shrug shrug it off. Like okay, sure, nod my head. Yeah, uh huh. Yep. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> So your mom teaches you, your dad teaches you, you, you probably heard this from your grandpa, even? Um, you know, unfortunately, I never had the opportunity to meet either of my grandpas, uh, both maternal or paternal. Um, my paternal grandfather passed away when my father was actually very young. Um, same thing with uh, my maternal grandmother. My, my father actually grew up as an orphan. He was the, he's the only one in his family, no siblings. Um, but both his parents passed away at a very young age. Um, same thing with my mom. I didn't get the chance to meet my grandfather, um, but I got a chance to meet my grandmother, but she did pass away when I was really young. I don't remember. I say I was probably like five years old, maybe when she passed away. So I have a, I have a very faint memory of my grandmother. Um, and that's about it. But most of it has been through, you know, learning from my, my mom, my dad, um, and then just really being intentional about listening. You know, my parents are always like, you go and you listen, you sit down and you listen to, you know, the elders talk. If you ever go to like funerals, you should always say, if you go to the funerals, don't go and sit at the tables and, you know, play cards or uh, drink alcohol and laugh and make a obnoxious scene, but rather go sit with the elders who are, are talking and listen and be very purposeful in, in your attention and to be intentional about listening to what they're saying because you may pick up a few things, things that you can use and apply to your life. And so after hearing those things, you know, it took many years because the table is always fun. You know, you go and you sit down, you play cards with friends and it's fun. But after a while, as you mature and as I, as I matured and got older, I thought, you know, maybe my mom is right. Maybe I should do that. I should go and listen. And so I sit around with the elders and I listen to them and I conversate with them and I talk with them. And, you know, she's been right this whole time. You want something valuable. You want wisdom. You sit around with these folks. They share a lot of their experiences, their lived experiences. And whether good or bad, you know, you pick up a few things here and there. She's always saying there's not going to be good things all the time. But when you hear the good things, take those things and apply to your life because those are free wisdom for you. You don't have to go searching very far. To, you know, since I brought that up with, with wisdom, since today is, uh, I call it Monday motivation. Can you give us a proverb, a very inspiring Monday motivation proverb? Yeah. Um, I really like the one that I, I think this is probably like my second video that I shared. And this is one that's really gotten me to, to keep moving in life. And that is, and say that one more time. <laughs> I'll say one more time. A little bit slower. <laughs> All right. It says, Lo chang jinju lo chang. Lo chang tang yu le otle no yang. So, lo chang jinju lo chang means if they're jumping around and being busy, you're not doing that. Lo chang tang means they're done. Now they're done being busy. They're done jumping around. You le no yang. Now you are you basically become this dog that just kind of looks around. 
Like you're looking around, wondering why people have suddenly stopped jumping around. And this proverb, the meaning is that when people are busy, when people are going out and doing things, let's say, for example, education, people are going to colleges, people are going and pursuing higher education, they're staying busy, but you don't do that. You just kind of observe. And then when they stop being busy, that means that now they've graduated, they've obtained uh, degrees, professional degrees, whatever that may be. Now that they've stopped being busy because they've obtained their goal, you have not done anything in your life. Now you're basically this dog that just kind of walks around, you pause and you look like, wow, like that person's a doctor. Oh, that person's a nurse. Oh, that person has a degree or even business. Oh, that person started a very um, profitable business. And now you are nowhere. You know, you, you weren't jumping and moving around when they were moving. And so now you're still in the same position as you were before. Five years later, people are off and, and venturing off into different um, areas and different new adventures in life. Yet you are still the same old person. And then like a dog, you're just kind of wondering like, oh, man, why didn't I do that? Why didn't I also jump and, and go to school? Why didn't I also start off on a business venture? And so this one here, I really like because it encourages people to not be complacent, but to continue to strive for excellence, to continue to push and move forward in life and don't be stagnant. I love it. I love it. That is an amazing money motivational quote. Mm. I love yeah. that. So for the listeners out there, it's a great motivation. Like for those who are stuck somewhere or not even stuck or don't really know where they're doing, right? You're just going to a nine to five job and yeah, great. It gets you by, you know, it's good. But what if there's more out there, right? And like yeah. you said, there's someone becoming a doctor, someone becoming a business owner, you know, so forth and so on. But you're just a dog wagging his tail, not sure where to go or your, or their life. Mm-hmm. It's also important too, that, you know, when you see people are busy and you want to be busy, some people may not have the direction in life. They may not know what their passion is right away. But I think just because you don't know that doesn't mean you sit still, but you can always explore and ask around, you know, follow, um, you know, have conversations with people, you know, seek for help, ask questions. Um, don't just sit around and expect things to come to you because, you know, the truth is, is that things don't just fall in your laps. Some people are very fortunate and blessed with that luck, but not everybody is. With your last video, it was, it was a video about funerals. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I personally have not even, I, I don't even know the words to say. To be honest, I am a very grown man. and to be honest i have to listen to your my own very own podcast (laughs) to listen to it you know or listen to your video uh, and just just drive here and just listen to it over and over and over and over you know to just get the wordings right because again when i go to funerals i don't even know the saying and i feel i would say behind on that part but I, how do you balance that even you know <laughs> you're <laughs> cultural and, and you're religious and then and even your your career even you know like how do you even you know balance that yeah i think uh it goes back to what i was saying earlier about just being very intentional and i think um you know growing up i didn't i didn't have all i didn't learn all these things and 
in the video, I shared about my experience being a young boy, even a young adult, and not knowing how to say these things. And so being placed in a position where um, you have to thank people for coming or people for giving Chandu, I always felt really ashamed, like, man, like, how come I don't know how to say this? And, you know, this is my role, but I can't even fulfill the small little role. And feeling ashamed and feeling like kind of helpless, like I just, it made me feel like I didn't, I didn't want to do it anymore. Like, I'm just like, I don't want to do this anymore. I hate this. I hate this culture. I hate being Hmong. I hate that we have to do all this stuff. But I think that stems from just that shame piece. Like, I don't know what I'm doing. And I feel really shameful that I am this adult now and I still can't even do it. But then again, it's also, it goes back to a lot of the problems that I shared before too. And it's like, you can't just use that one excuse and, and feel bad for yourself. Because I think everybody has that willpower to be able to go and learn and be very intentional about it. Because anything that we want to do in life, if we are very intentional about it, whether it's a passion or not, we will make it happen. We'll find ways to make it happen. And I think for me, wanting to learn this, I was very intentional about learning it. I was very intentional about asking people to teach me, especially my father, you know, sitting down with my dad, having him recite it to me. I'll write it down. I'll recite it back to him. I would practice with him. And the more that I did that with him, the more I practiced it, the more I used it, the more I got more comfortable with it. And then when the time comes and I'm at a funeral, it was very difficult to do because as we all know, as, as Hmong people, when you go and you do it at a funeral, when you're reciting, it's not just you reciting. You're reciting and they're also responding at the same time. And there's a lot of commotion happening and you can get lost in your words. And so to be really, uh, I practice so, uh, it's so much that I've, I've basically got it down. It doesn't matter how much noise, how loud the commotion is. Like I know my words and I know what I'm saying. And so it took a lot of intentional acts. It took a lot of, of purpose um, in, in making sure that I really learned it and really are able to recite it. And then also to understand like the meaning. I think sometimes we can say these things, but if you don't understand the meaning, it's almost, it's almost as though you're, you're, you're just doing it for, for the sake of doing it. You're not really thanking the person genuinely. And so that's also another important piece that I want to understand more was talking to my father to understand what these words mean. What are some of these different sayings and what message are we conveying to the person when we say it? Can you, with that last video, can you recite that for our audience? Yeah, absolutely. So this is when somebody comes and they'll give you nya chandu. Um, and you would take the person and you would thank them. You would say, or you would say, Lota lunu person stands up you acknowledge more time and say what chonya chandu ma and then the person be on the way I'm going to definitely listen to this a couple more times. <laughs> I'm taking notes as you were saying that. And I have to listen a couple more times. So just to rephrase where what, what's happening is this is 
a saying when you're at a funeral. Mm-hmm. You're uh, either you know from deceased size uh, or not, but just coming in into the funeral and you're giving away donations into helping the family mm-hmm. um, and whatever they want to use the expense for. Right. Um, and this is so. Just again, this is the rephrase, and for our listeners, we're we're taking them a picture, right, of mm-hmm. where they're at. So. Again, I'm still learning this a lot uh, as I go to. Now, you missed your death three, four times in his audio already. Mm-hmm. Um, did you and your dad get a lot closer in bonding for for what you've been learning back and forth? Because he's been teaching, you've been listening. Mm-hmm. Your bond got a lot closer? Yeah, absolutely. I think since I've embarked on this um, journey here, you know, my dad and I have been talking a lot more. And we've been spending a lot more time face to face and just really talking about these things. And, you know, what really strengthened our bond that I've noticed is that we weren't, we aren't just talking and having conversations about the family itself. But as he's teaching me, I'm also hearing through his voice the way that he learned and what his life experience was. You know, as I mentioned earlier, my dad, he's an orphan. He grew up, his parents died when he was very young. Um, I'll share a quick story about my dad here. Yes, yes, yes. So my dad, he, um, his his father passed away of an of illness, and one story that I heard from my aunt too about my father that made me really really sad was that when my father was a young little boy, almost like a little toddler, um, his mom actually died after birth complications, and so while she was having complications and she um, she passed away. He, as a little little toddler baby, didn't even know that his mom had passed away. And so while she laid there, um, he still crawled and to go breastfeed, even though his mom had passed away. And so a little boy like that didn't even know that his mom had already died, still went and breastfed. And to me, that was very, very sad to, to hear that story about my father and then to hear about him growing up without anybody, no siblings at all, mostly just his cousins. And for my dad to learn all of these things by himself through kind of just like we asked earlier, was just observation, being very intentional about learning. There's no one to teach him. He didn't have his father to teach him. And so for him to learn, he had to really go and really be intentional about it, listening to people, sitting down while people recite these things. And there's no way that he was able to write it down. I mean, he had to have just listen and really memorize these words. And so when he's teaching me, I'm also hearing that through him. And to me, it just shows me how much my father has been through his lived experiences to be able to be who he is today. And so that really makes me uh, really appreciate my father a lot. Um, and then also for us to be able to talk about this, I learned more about him, how he did it. And for him to be able to share it with me is a very, uh, it's really a blessing, you know, to be able to still have the opportunity to share this time with him and to learn from him and just to see how knowledgeable and how wise my father is, despite his experiences. I think that also gave him an edge where he was able to really be self-aware of who he is, where he is, and how he was able to navigate life uh, on his own. Well, thank you so much for sharing that. It's Wow, that's a very sentimental story about your dad. Mm-hmm. With 
you know, your dad, and now you are a dad of four, you have sons too. Mm-hmm. Are they curious to learn? Are they interested to learn? My kids, no. <laughs> Absolutely zero. Wow, this is turning a two a three sixty now. <laughs> it is, and <laughs> it's funny. Um, my oldest daughter, though, my oldest daughter, my oldest child, she um, she's very curious and she's very um, curious and, and just wanting to know more about the culture and knowing more about who she is as a Hmong person. Um, but my sons, both my sons, they um, they're not as interested. Like they know who we are as Hmong people, but they're not as interested. And you know that's a hard juggle because when we grow up in a society like this, where they're so their exposure to the American culture is much more than the Hmong culture itself, or just being who you are as a Hmong person. Um, that empower overpowers a lot of the cultural um, things that we do as Hmong people. And so there's, they're very highly acculturated, but not as enculturated. And I think the enculturation part comes um, from us as parents. And I think myself, I haven't been doing a very good job of that, particularly because I myself struggled with it um, for a very long time. And so as I'm teaching them, I'm also learning ways of how to teach them so that they can also understand. So I think this is a, you know, a start to us really being intentional about teaching our kids about the Hmong people, who we are, what are some things we do within the culture and why these things happen, how to address different people um, in the family, your aunts, your uncles, from your mom's side, your dad's side. Um, and why do we do these different things? You know, really teaching them so they understand it too and also understand the language too. I think that's a big part because we often resort to English. It's a lot easier to communicate. And we forget that through that, we, we are losing the language and we're not really teaching our kids how to continue to speak well. Great way to look at it. I'm uh, pretty sure sooner or later, they'll come to love their culture and especially the language, <clears throat> just like you did. Mm-hmm. I, as you know, myself growing up, I'm still learning a lot. I, I, I could, I've always loved and respect the culture. Um, I could speak it. I could, I could hear exactly what you're saying. But one thing I can't do is I can't read it. Mm-hmm. So something that I'm learning too. Um, it's funny how this sounds, but I've been learning on YouTube, just watching, um, it's like your youtube like you for example or i'm seeing a, i'm karaoke to a song you know that's how i learned <laughs> like i'm listening to to my boots you know it's <laughs> i'm seeing as i'm reading it you know at the same time like so that's what that word means you know yeah. so so some people ask you how did you learn how to read mom oh it's like my boo or like something like <laughs> you know, something like that you know shut and rush or whatever it is <laughs> But that's cool though, you know, that's, that's the way that, that, that we learn. I think it, it doesn't matter the way or the different styles or, or, or how we learn, but the fact that you're being intentional about learning, you know, you can, you can karaoke and practice it. That's your way of learning. Some people prefer to read it. That's their way of learning, or they prefer to be in a class and being taught. And so whatever method you use to learn, I think it's the idea that you're actually being intentional about learning is what matters. I like learning in a fun way. <laughs> it seems like <laughs> I can sit there. I can sit there in a class 
I, you know what? I, every time I've listened to your, to your, uh, you know, Proverbs, I've always been like driving, mm-hmm. you know? Um, so that's how I learned. So I, it's here and there where I listen, I sit down and listen for some, it's just, I feel like the time for me is when usually when I'm like driving in the car, I'm just by myself. That's where I really think it just uh, close my mind off to everything, but just stay really in tune to what you have to say to me mm-hmm. and then recite what you just said. With the, with, now that you learned so many problems, wow, you probably have how many videos now? I don't even know. I think maybe like 60, 70 videos maybe. Wow, and more to come, right? Oh yeah, a yeah. whole lot more. Um, just give you some ideas, man. I definitely want to see an app, dude. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> a, learning, a, a learning app for that. Oh, hey, for the listeners, check. We are super excited to to let you guys know that Calvin here is launching a website too. Yes, I am. So he has his YouTube ready. His website's come. It's in the works as we speak. Um, we don't have no ETA yet, but should be all finalized by, by end of the year, uh, yeah, on, yeah. on full blown. Any other channels besides YouTube and, and your own website and Facebook, obviously. Yeah. The biggest, the biggest following is on Facebook. Um, I also have a YouTube for folks who don't have uh, Facebook or choose not to engage in Facebook. Um, that way I have two platforms for people to always have the ability to access it. Um, but then also, uh, you know, like you mentioned, the website will be coming very soon. Um, and so, you know, people who don't have YouTube or doesn't have Facebook, they can also access it on the website. Yeah, really, really love your content. And all of your video content will be uh, feed on our website, on our Moment Talk website as well, too. Because, again, I just love what you're doing. It's a lot of learning, um, a lot of very informational uh, that you're giving out for us. And so much value that we can't appreciate you enough. Because I, I, again, I don't, I have not seen anything like this. A lot of the saying and these proverbs are really hidden to themselves for the older generation. Like you said, if you really want to learn, like your mom said, if you really want to learn, you go not sit with the guys who are drinking beer, not guys who are playing guard, but really with the elders. Mm-hmm. And that's how you really learn. But thanks to the channel and medium that you created. I could just flip on YouTube or go to your website or go to your Facebook and just, you know, click on play and then listen to it to really learn um, how to say these proverbs and learn them for myself and teach others as well. So we can't thank you enough for that. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. I appreciate it. Um, One lastly, I wanted to say and ask you was, Let's talk more about your, um, like your, 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 um, your, I mean, how do I say this? Applying this and when did you start applying it? You know, cause you started to learn it cause you were curious about it, but now you're really applying it. Mm-hmm. I mean, so besides funerals, is there any where you apply this? Yeah, you know, these proverbs that uh, I share about, like how my, even like how my, my mom's always like, she'll take the moment to teach me this event right here. My grandpa used to say this to me in the show, use a proverb, or my dad would say in a meeting that, you know, this is what happened. And then you would, he would use a proverb. And I think not just hearing it and understanding it in the context of, of how they're explaining it, but really being intentional about applying it too. 
into my life. So just like the Banglu that I just shared earlier about you take a step uh, that's in the wrong direction, you retrieve that step, you misspeak and you cannot take those words back. And I think that everyone can apply immediately. Once you understand the meaning of that proverb, you can apply that immediately. And that is be very cognizant and careful of the things that you say, because words, they are, there's a saying too in the English that says that, you know, sticks and stones may break my bones, but words may never hurt me. I think that's true, but that's also not true because words, they do hurt a lot of people. And words, once it leaves your mouth and you say something, the person on the receiving end, they're not going to forget it. They may be able to forgive you for, for the hurtful things you have said, but for them to forget it, that's not going to happen. And you, the person who has said it, you simply cannot just say words come back and you take those words back and it's completely gone. No, it's not like taking your foot back because you've gone in the wrong direction. You cannot retrieve those words no more. Once you said it, it's there and the person who heard it, it's out there. And so to be very cognizant and careful about how we speak, the things that we say, because the words, they carry weight and they have consequences, like I said earlier. So that's one way to apply immediately. Awesome. Well, this is, uh, we're going to wrap things up. Um, would you like to give us any uh, advice, last parting words for our listeners, Kevin? Yeah, I do. You know, I was having a conversation the other day with some folks and we were talking about, even just like what you and I were talking about my sons growing up here too, and whether or not they're interested in, in learning more about the Hmong culture or the Proverbs or the language. And I would say that I think a lot of us can identify with this too. And that is as young little kids, you know, we're, for lack of better words, we're colorblind, you know, we're innocent and we play and we don't, we don't see differences in race and ethnicity, but as we, we grow older um, and we develop, you know, especially like in the, um, you know, middle school range, you start to really start searching for your identity and who you are as a person and wanting to know more about who I am because you start realizing that there are differences amongst us. You know, there's differences in race and nationality, um, the color of our skin, we're all different. And how do we identify? And I think a lot of individuals they get lost in that moment and so for the listeners and including myself too is being very intentional about teaching our kids about who we are as Hmong people um, so that they can grasp that identity early and when they reach that point they know who they are you know and how can we do this um, i think exposures to different kinds of Hmong literature is important reading Hmong books i've seen a lot of uh children's book that's coming out you know, it's teaching kids how to, how to read in Hmong, um, seeing representation in the media, or even just going to Hmong New Year's. I think that's another part that's very important. I think that the Hmong people, we celebrate the New Year for a reason, and for our kids to be able to be exposed to that, to understand why the Hmong New Year exists and the, the reasons behind it, for them to see Hmong people and to know that as a Hmong person, this is what the Hmong history looks like. This is what we've always done. And so teaching our kids at a young age so that they know who they are will only benefit them when they reach that point where they're not going to be confused anymore. And they know they have a stronger understanding and grounding of who they are as a Hmong person. Mm, you are absolutely right. And as we both age, we would love either to love our culture or teach them while they're young 
and they can always grasp into it. Mm-hmm. And it's their, it's their choice to appreciate it or don't appreciate it. It's really up to them. Exactly. But at least they're open and exposed to it. Mm-hmm. The Hmong New Year is, well, by the time I this episode's out, it will be technically uh, be done with already, but I will be for sure be there. And I hope to run into you and talk to you in person, Kevin. Yeah, likewise. Well, we really appreciate of your time. We want to wrap things up. Uh, enjoy, enjoy your week, man. Um, yeah. You know what they say uh, back when we started. You wish going to be early. You wish going to be in California. But I heard tomorrow, tomorrow we're going to get pounded. Tuesday I know. With like six or some eight inches of snow. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> I hope you might be in California right now. <laughs> right. <laughs> that ends our episode. If you haven't yet, visit our official website at www.mongmentot.com or like, like and share us on Facebook at Mongmentot. Who also believes in building family values. She believes not only in investing in your future, but also investing in your present moment, creating time and memories with your family. If you have any insurance needs or any questions, Please don't hesitate to call her at the link below. Also, a special thanks to DJ Peter for using his beats. You can check him out at YouTube.